welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody, I hope had a fantastic week from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Judd, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've been a little bit sick the past couple of days, so please pardon my uh, deep voice. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had the first real kind of chilly of, of autumn today. It's October, Finally. October the 6th, I think. Today. Yes. Yeah, nice, and, uh, cool 56 degrees walking outside. in a bright sunny morning. I woke up with the window open. So I'm a little sniffly this morning, <laughs> but that's okay. I was sleeping beautifully, and uh, I'm excited to get to talk today. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really great. And also want to say hi to all of our live listeners out there. Uh, we recorded this episode, as we just said, October 6th, but some of you guys are listening to the first time on WGRN 89.5 FM on Monday night at 7 p.m., which is also really cool. So, hey, everybody. Super exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. We want to say hi to all you guys. Um, we've had a small group of listeners for a while, mm-hmm. and we're super excited to be broadening our, our scope. Oh, yeah, definitely. the public because, you know, maybe we have some good things to say. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last week, if you were around, you remember us uh, talking about some – questions some moral and ethical questions that we both got to answer on our own ways using examples from the bible stories from our own life and we really liked the way that the episode was kind of like scaped out yeah we loved how it was uh, questions that we both could answer and we think the same on a lot of things Mm -hmm. but it gives us both the opportunity to to speak and to go over the answers because we think differently though we agree right and with the questions they're nice to help keep us guided towards our answer because, you know, sometimes we just got that sense of just going off on some tangents, which are good, but we also, sometimes we want to, you know, we want to focus on the meal as opposed to looking at all the other stuff that everybody else has got. Oh yeah. But yeah. So anyway, we're going to be looking at some more questions, but these are some common questions about faith, about the Bible, prayer serving Christian a lot life. of that yeah just about Christian life that we're going to be diving into a little bit this is honestly a lot of questions that you might hear from a you know a newcomer of faith you know trying to f- figure out how things work or you know a little kid in Sunday school or even sometimes you know as we're adults we're still realizing you know actually I'm not really sure how I should go about this thing yeah so, of course and then the yeah. letters it talks about spiritual milk versus spiritual meat mm. and uh, judd and i have been saved for most of our lives and so mm-hmm. we're working to get into that spiritual meat but we're yeah. feeding the milk to the people who need to have it too yeah so anyway let's go ahead and get into this <laughs> all right uh, question number one is about the bible okay mm. so what should the role of the bible be in a christian's life and how do you study the bible beyond just reading it right so yeah that was definitely that was uh, for me, that was hard because first off, when I was back in elementary, middle school, I loved reading in general. And then once I hit high school, my love for that kind of died off. And so I've always had just a weird relationship with reading in general. But when it comes to reading the Bible, I use it in a lot of different ways. It's hard for me to just get something just by reading words on the page. I also, I don't know about you or any of you guys listening, but for me, when I'm reading the Bible, like to, you know, get spiritual building, I got to use like a real tangible paper Bible. I can't, it's hard for me to do that off of a screen. That may, that may be just me, but. Well, it's also, it's also pretty tough to read the Bible sometimes because there's so many different ways and like so many different, like, um, uh, categories for like how the Bible's written. So there's like poetry, there's apocalyptic yep. literature, there's letters, yep. there's um, accounts, stories. Yeah, accounts, stories. Yeah. So for me specifically, I like the letters because yeah. it's a person writing to another person. You know, right. these yeah. are the do's and don'ts. If mm-hmm. you look through my Bible, which I don't have on me today, I'm such a sinner, but if you look through all of Paul's letters, James, like Ephesians, Ephesians, I don't think there's a verse that's left unhighlighted. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. And, you know, like they say there's two ways that the Lord speaks to us. And I remember what the other Greek word, one of them is the rhema word of God, which is the message that he is like pouring out of the page onto you. Yeah. So it's like you can read and then you can like read the tangible words on the page and be like, Mm. oh, okay, I understand. This is what this means. Yeah. But the rhema word of God is that I can read this chapter, but then I can read it again tomorrow and get something totally different out of it. Yeah. It's just whatever the Holy Spirit wants for me to get today. Yeah, definitely. I know one big thing for me is – I, depending on the setting and what I want to get out of my time that morning, 
Uh, a lot of times I will journal like my commentary thoughts as I read scripture. So like I'll read a verse, write like immediately like what this is making me think, and yeah. that will help me think of more things. Like I uh, went through uh, the the book of Genesis. Now I, you know, of course I was familiar with the story, like the creation story and other bits, Noah and Abraham and all that. But when I read it and then I started journaling and writing down my thoughts that produced more thoughts and deeper thinking, I was like, whoa, I actually didn't catch that before. So kind of like what you're talking about with that Rama, Rama thinking of reading it once, maybe not getting everything out of it, but then reading it a different time. I was like, whoa, now I got something totally new out of it. Oh yeah, big time. And it's unlike any other book in the world because it's almost insane to think about. I don't know if you've ever seen the diagram where it's all the books of the Bible. Oh, yeah. It's got and the, the pretty, lines. Yeah. yeah so it kind of looks like a big rainbow. Mm -hmm. But people ask all the time. They're like, well, how – like what makes the Bible different than all these other spiritual books? And I was like, well, it's the most self-referenced book of all time. Mm. And it has like – I don't remember the exact number, but it's in the hundreds of thousands oh, of yeah. references it's, to itself. It's, it's crazy. And then you also got to think about how many different authors – have also written because there are about 66 books and there I know that there's at the very least like 30 authors I think uh there it varies a little bit just because some books are written by uh one person and then you have even like books like Job which could have which had like multiple authors yeah. and so also for a singular book to contain multiple authors which is very different because oh, you yeah. think of a spiritual book like some others they are written by you know one person or a couple people but this has more like it has a lot of authors which is just crazy and they're all referencing each other throughout over like like two to three thousand years which of is time absolutely unbelievable i mean if you go and just read through the uh, like the gospels and the way that those four men wrote about jesus he, he references the scripture constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's a book that you can look at and be like, everybody's on the same page. Yeah. No pun intended, right? <laughs> right. So I'm curious. So Jordan, if somebody came up to you and was like, so I know, you know, my pastor says, read the Bible more, or my youth pastor says, read the Bible more. Where should I start? Well, where would you tell them and why? To be honest, it kind of depends, mm. right? So for me, I know like whenever I grew up, everybody gets a chance to make their faith their own. Yeah. And it just made sense, you know, like I'll oh, open the Bible to Genesis, right? Mm. But yeah, for a guy, for a guy, like I said earlier, who doesn't get much just out of the, what is the word for that? Like a storytelling, it's not, um, oh, what's the word for like a book that tells a story? Parable or just a story? I think it's just. I think it's like an L word. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the point is, I'll, I get more out of the letters, right? So okay, if I was yeah. saying, if you are a baby Christian, you need that milk. I would, I would encourage you to go read Romans or Corinthians. Mm, That's yeah. what I would encourage you to do. Yeah. Because Roman one is Romans one is fantastic about saying like, hey, like it's kind of a slap in the face. Is like, yeah. hey, watch it. But like Corinthians, yeah, both of those are really great. Yeah. Let's say the journey that you're stepping onto, mm -hmm. you know, like your whole life you've lived in this shadow, like, is God real? Is God not? And if someone's asking me, it's going to say like, Hey, even though you haven't, even though you're this is just for the first time, you're picking this up because Paul wasn't necessarily writing to like all these Roman people who, who have known God their whole life. They right. were Gentiles. Yeah. This was know? the start of, you know, this was Saul then later Paul and then meeting with the elders in Acts and now Paul is starting his ministry to the Gentiles. So this and Romans was the first one kind of. I mean, he wrote multiple letters at different times yeah. and things could have been stacked. But this was like the start of the letters was the first time of evangelizing to the Gentiles, like straightforward. Yeah. And I believe it's the first or it's the biggest individual letter, I think. I think you put Corinthians together, it's bigger. But yeah. individually, I think Romans is. So that's where I would tell someone to start. Yeah, but definitely. Whenever you look at the whole Bible, have you ever heard the acronym for Bible? No. So the question that we asked is like, how do we, let me pull it up one more time just so I don't misquote. It was, what should the role of the Bible be in a Christian's life? And mm -hmm. I love this acronym of basic instructions before leaving earth. Huh. Because cool. I never heard that. It holds so much. Um, I can say from experience, whenever I go into a problem, 
it just has this way of finding some weird way to relate. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever had a had an experience like that? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when I was when I was younger, me trying to figure out how to read the Bible. Sometimes I'd just be like, "Okay, we're just gonna do the flip the flip, flip the pages, and then just smack my finger down on something." And then I would be surprised when I didn't always get something out of it. But then I would, uh, I started going back to the basics. I started, uh, and this is where. I sometimes find myself directing people is to the Sermon on the Mount, which is where Jesus gives just a lot of basic teachings about how we should operate as, you know, loving people and loving him and loving others. And for me, that was always like the basics. And so then when I started like actually reading that, that's when I felt like, okay, you know, this is laid out for me. And when I was younger and my, you know, brain still developing, it was not a lot of inference was needed. I could, ju- I was just reading it. And it was just like, this is good. This is not so good. So do the better thing. And I was just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. And so, yeah. So the, the, could say the acronym again, basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. And so for me that really the, like Matthew four, five, six, seven, that kind of area, yeah. that was what really kind of like kickstarted uh, more in-depth reading. And then as I got through that, looked at more Paul's letters and looked into more of the uh, prophecies in the Old Testament and some of the wisdom literature. But yeah, so that was what really set that in for me. But yeah, I like that acronym. I love the, um, I think it's a, I don't know, like a saying, I guess, but they say whenever you open up the Bible, you're literally opening the mouth of God. Mm. So I like to think, you know, when I'm highlighting, I'm brushing his teeth or whatever. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I love that. I really do. And I'm a little bit of a stickler. I, I usually get grumpy whenever people try to like bring up inconsistencies mm. and problems with the Bible just because I look at it and say like, well, and besides our own individual uh, relationship with God, which I mean, to be honest with you, is never going to be perfect. Mm. Is 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 and and the best times of life may be faulty, you know. Yeah. Because we're sinners. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I'm like, well, I just want to be really, really careful with how we talk about the Bible and how we, and because we should revere it, you know. You're oh yeah. Up the mouth of God. I just whenever people are like, oh, you're, the Bible has so many contradictions and like it's written by human hands, obviously, but I believe it was inspired by him. So yeah, I guess to answer the question, let me uh, bring it up one more time and then we go into part two. What should be the role of the Bible in a Christian's life? I would say it's your instruction. Yeah, I would say it's also, I mean, it's your connection. It's most the two your most common too, places yeah. that I feel we are going to hear God's voice are through other people and through scripture. And sometimes even the other people is saying scripture and uh, the Bible just has, it honestly has something for everybody because even people have different uh, types of literature that they connect with more. So some people like prefer the story element of, you know, the creation story, some of the old Testament scripture, as opposed to when you get into uh, the new Testament, some people prefer like, you know, straight like letters, just like, Oh, this is kind of like writing to me a little bit, or like they prefer the, uh, the wisdom and poetry, uh, which there's some beautiful poetry in the Bible as well. The song and, of Solomon, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's some, there's some stuff for everybody in scripture. And it's, it's really just a beautiful, wide culmination of a lot of different things that can really work to guide us in the way we, uh, think and understand how we treat others, how we form our prayer lives, how we, form our spiritual lives with God. And it's, I mean, I, it's existed for thousands well, in its current form, uh, just probably right around 2000 years or a little under. Yeah. And we are still learning new insights from it today. Yeah. Like there's always like, there's been, there's been thousands of Sunday mornings since then. And there's still ways for people to hear something new on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah. So um, the word I was looking for earlier to describe, yeah. the story, it's narrative writing. Narrative. I, I don't know why mm. I couldn't think of that. But um, anyway, part two, right? 
how do you study the Bible beyond just reading it? Yeah, yeah. So I talked a little bit about that. So for me, uh, I right now my I don't enjoy reading as much outside of Scripture, which I want to get better at because I enjoy reading theology books, but even then it still takes me because sometimes like you read a paragraph and then you blank out and then you got to reread it again. Oh, yeah, because it's not exactly always like yeah. attention grabbing Right, stuff. but that's even that's me with just like any book. And so what really helped me was journaling, which uh, is taking my thoughts and putting pen to paper. And even then like with like studying, like when you write something down, you're more likely to remember it. Mm. And so that also built in my... Uh, remembrance of scriptures and so like with going through the book of genesis i've got like a couple journals that just have pages and pages of thoughts and commentary of the understanding of the scripture and that has helped me connect with it so much more and so that that's definitely a big thing with how i get more out of it beyond just the reading so you've been writing down your theo thoughts yes <laughs> cool um yeah, so uh, one thing that I really like to do is there's a specific website that has never, ever proved me wrong. Mm. <clears throat> and of course, it's written by humans. But uh, generally, they've they've been – whenever there's been a super controversial topic that I've wanted to look into, it gives the most sound biblical advice, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like super radical in one way or the other. Right. It just breaks down based upon verses that – uh, lean towards one side, but then it'll go into the Bible and be like, but also this. Yeah. So it's kind of left up for your interpretation. Of right. And it's gotquestions.org. Mm -hmm. They have thousands of articles relating from um, – one time I read one when I was at work and I was bored and I was supposed to be working. But I read one that was like, how does the light from stars millions of light years away reach Earth if the Earth is young, you know? And I looked into it and it gave like a semi-palpable explanation. But then it also explained the other side of the story. And I kind of left just knowing more. Yeah. Maybe not strengthening my side, but also just – I don't remember who it was, but – Growing in your knowledge. Yeah. Well, I don't know who it was, but someone someone has a quote. It was a super smart dude. He said, the only thing that I know for sure is that I know nothing at all. Mm. I think it was Socrates maybe. But I think it's a great way to look to look at the, this stuff. Say, well, I, I don't really know anything outside of the Bible. And I can look into what that says. And gotquestions.org is a fantastic place to go look. Mm. I really would encourage you and um, any of our other listeners that they have questions to go to Got Questions because um, it works. It yeah. works for me and I love to look into that stuff. Yeah, I kind of – I have a similar thing. So if I'm reading – so some scriptures – are like just written out flat and simple. It's just like I read it, I understand it. So when I come across certain scriptures where it's just like, you know what, I don't maybe have the toughest grasp on it. And so normally I also traditionally read from a New American Standard Bible, which is it's more of the closer word-for-word -word translation without all of the ye's and the thou's yeah. and the haths. But when I'm struggling with something or not really certain – I go to uh, one of the concordances, so like the Hebrew or Greek concordances, because the the scripture was written in a different language, and not every word has an exact synonym word in English. Yeah. So like one thing I did, so when it talks about loving your enemies, so automatically in English we think, oh, this is an enemy is a bad person. This is somebody who is standing against me, who is fighting me. But even in the Greek the word for enemy even is just referred to like somebody that I do not know or somebody that is not my current friend. And so it also just livens up to not only just the people, it is just anybody who you may not know. And so some things with that, I like to go back to the concordance and you can look up, there's interlinears uh, yeah. for Hebrew and Greek uh, to like hear some of the different definitions for some of the words because sometimes Hebrew is able to or Greek is able to expand further on some of our words today. And so that's another thing I use. Uh, but yeah. Big time. Uh, my girlfriend and I had a conversation last night about she's in Science of Christianity right now. Mm. And she had a lady who did um, some Judeo-Christian studies over in Israel. And she told the class, this, this uh, woman did, she told the class that they don't teach that in Genesis 1-1 it's in the beginning because the was a um, – that's a preposition, isn't it? 
I'm not. I'm an engineering major. I'm not good with my English Neither terms. I got to get Joseph in here. But anyway, uh, that's my roommate. By the way, he's an English. He's an English major. So my point is, they don't use the word the. Mm. Okay. It doesn't exist. So whenever they translated it from um, from the ancient Hebrew into the Septuagint, into the Vulgate, into yep. the etc., right? Mm-hmm. They had to add it for the purpose of the tense. Right. So it's like at the end of a movie, it's similar to this. At the end of a movie, you don't need the – like to be able to know, it doesn't have to say the end of the movie. It just says the end because you mm-hmm. recognize like, oh, the movie's over. It just says the end. Yeah. And in the Bible, the word brashit is just – in beginning mm. because you don't need any other context for it. Yeah. Obviously it's in beginning, you know? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Just, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to, to looking at like, well, that's the way we have to understand it because right. it's the only word there that you could put. That yeah. makes sense. You can't put in a mm-hmm. beginning because based on the story, what other beginning could there be? Mm. You know, there was nothing before he said, let there be light. Right. Yeah. So, it also, that uh, kind of reminds me of just, you know, maneuvering through the two languages of uh, Hebrew had an extra tense for when God is introducing himself as Yahweh. Hebrew has a tense that means like everything all at once or like throughout all time. So to us, Yahweh translates as uh, he who was, is, and forevermore will be. They have a tense that is just all of those at the same time which is also really cool. And you got to think about it like as God is introducing himself, like super cool and just like hard hitting, just like dang, like all the time, not just then now, but in the future too, like that's crazy. But it's also, so it's also healthy to understand, you know, the language of which it was written because sometimes we can get more out of it and a deeper understanding of, you know, the beginning or just beginning. And yeah. And it kind of speaks. So, Two things. Number one, the in beginning thing kind of speaks to the poetic nature of oh, Genesis yeah. one. Yeah. Because it could be like beginning mm-hmm. and then it, it like starts the like the poetry. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's a that's a quick caveat. The other thing is it's crazy how the Lord made his name to be like for us to understand it in linear time. Mm. Even though it's not easy to understand, but it's like, hard to comprehend. But yeah. <laughs> That's the way he gave it to us to comprehend, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Time is – we are so familiar with it because that's what we live by. Time right. Time uh, regulates everything that we do. Oh, yeah. Our bodies, our hormone cycles run on time. Mm-hmm. Um, we get hungry based upon the amount of time we had since our last since our last meal. We sleep based on the amount of time in between yeah. our sleep schedule. You yeah. Know? So the, the only way that the Lord was like, wow, I'm a pretty complex, um, like, you know, God. Yeah. I need to be able to explain this to these, you know, pea brains. Yeah. So it was just <laughs> – I was, I am, and I will be. Yeah, and just because we exist on time as a line, it also, because time is one of the governing powers of our universe, yeah. for God to say, I've got power over that, or I I exist, like time time obeys me, yeah. and I can be anywhere I want. I can be in two places at the same time. Like for him, it's not just a line it's a circle that he is looking at it's a manipulable rope it's a and so part of that was him saying just like i'm really complex so i'm going to explain that i have more power already over a complex thing that governs your lives yeah and so yeah it was just really cool cool so uh, those were or that i guess was the very first question um and i guess now we can move on to part two yeah. So we've talked about prayer in the past. I'm reading off a list from uh, NatashaCrane.com. It mm. was just 60 questions that I want my kids to learn before uh, they move out of the house. I was looking at this list, and I think the Lord fed me a question that I want to ask of my own uh, creation. So sports are a huge phenomenon, not only like in our lives or on this campus, just in the world. Right? Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm not sure if sport, at least in my study of the Bible, I'm not sure that sport is something that is widely regarded in the Bible <laughs> and widely talked about. So I wonder, yeah. what is the relationship between athletics, or what can the relationship mm. be between athletics and the Christian life? Yeah, definitely. Uh, already, that uh, it brings up thoughts of back in Greek times, uh, the philosophy of like you 
not doing yourself a favor if you don't figure out the limits of what your body can do, yeah. which is one that's just a cool thing. You know, God has given us, you know, power and we know we read of things like Samson and it is possible not necessarily to, because Samson was powered by God specifically, but we can make our bodies more and, you know, because these bodies are a gift. You know, I think of, uh, you know, the body as a temple. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, it's in First Corinthians six nineteen. 19. Uh, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So you think about that. Like if you think of your body as a spiritual, physical, mental, emotional temple, like just a, a temple. First off, you you aren't going to bring mud and dirt into the temple and spread it around on the pews and the, and the everything, because that's going to dirty it. So like, you know, substances, uh, you know, or gluttony, which is talked about as well. But the idea of, you know, our body is a temple of which we want to build up as well. And so in the, in the spirit of athletics, of training, of racing, uh, all of these different things. It's honestly, it's, you know, holding the body to a higher standard of, you know, God, you gave me this gift of living. You gave me this physical body. Let me see what it can do. Oh yeah. And I think it's super important to recognize whatever you do, do it unto him. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's many examples in the Bible of, I don't remember who it was. It's an old Testament story where, um, I feel like I'm going to butcher this, but it's been a while since I've heard this story where a king brings in like four people. And I think like you can tell me who the name of it is. It might be Daniel. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure, but um, they're all like eating, uh, you know, like super greasy meat and drinking wine. Oh, and he eats like a salad. Yeah. That and, was and Shadrach, then, Meshach and Abednego. Oh, uh, it was. Okay. Yeah. So they were I wasn't too far off. Yeah. No, they were eating uh, the kind of like, they were eating leaves and fruits and other stuff while the other people were getting fat on uh, fatty meats and wine and, and getting they had drunk. had to go do something, right? Yes. Uh, Daniel 1, 12, starting with verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days. And uh, then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare your appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days is mentioned that Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, looked healthier and better nourished than the others who ate the king's food. And so it was a comparison of like, who's going to be the most built up or who's going to be able to perform the best. And the people who just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate like a king, which the idea is like, you know, kings are fat. And so eating fat and garbage and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were just, well, I mean, we got some healthy food right here. So we're going to eat in moderation. Chow down. And uh, I think it's a good testament to – Maybe like, you know, you think, well, what's the, you know, Bible stories usually have a point. Yeah. Almost always they have a point. Yeah. So what's the point of this story, Jed? I think that part of it is, part of it is God providing what we need. Another part is faith in the Lord and the uh, not conforming to the way that other people perceive is the right way to go. So like these people were just like, get to eat like a king, like yeah, sign me up. Like I'd love to just eat grapes and meat and all that stuff all the time. But God was just like, no, I'm going to give you this strength and all you need. This is what you need right now. You just need some fruits and vegetables and you just need water because nothing else right now is more pure than water. And yeah, but I think it also just speaks to the treating the body right and not doing things that are going to harm it. Yeah. So it speaks, the Bible definitely speaks to the physical aspect of, of, um, athletics. Yeah. I've had conversations before where, um, somebody would tell me like never once does God like, uh, advocate for competition, but I definitely disagree in that. And I could probably bring up a ton of examples, but I think we've all been given a spirit of competitiveness to a certain degree. Yeah. And I think it's less about 
competitiveness but more iron sharpening iron because like i I think uh so like one thing for me uh i i play golf is my thing but uh uh, i'm also i play trumpet and i had a friend in high school middle school where we both played trumpet we both wanted to be better than each other and so part of that was a building is just like oh i just did this and and the other him he was just like oh well i just got this and it kept on building and then we were we, we were the best trumpet players in the school district by the time we graduated and you know a big part of that was because that yeah it was starting as competition but it was really building each other up and it's you know when you're running because jordan here fast man running you know tracks uh you know he's running against other people and you know each person is just like you know oh i just got to get past this guy i got to get past this guy and it's less about trying it, it also depends on their mindset. You can easily have the mindset of just, I just want to be the best for me. Or you can use like, you know, man, this other guy from this other school, he's pretty good. I'd be doing pretty good for myself. If I was, you know, able to keep neck and neck with him. Mm. And then, you know, instead of having a mindset afterwards of the game, just like, woo, I beat you. Or just like, yeah. I'm faster than you. You're slow. You can just be like, you know, man, I was, I was really working my hardest because I can tell that you're a hard worker. And, you know, I'd love to, this is, you know, I want to thank you for being, you know, a goal that I could look after. And so it is really about the mindset as well. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important, like you said, like the boastful attitude. Right. I think that's what you should stray away from because Mm -hmm. the Bible constantly, constantly, constantly tells us, uh, don't boast about anything. The only yeah. thing you can boast about is yourself in Christ because he yeah. gave you all this ability, right? Right. And if there's one thing that Jesus absolutely detested, right? Jesus was there for the sinner. Yeah. But he put prideful people in their place time after time oh, yeah. after time. So I like to advocate for the like the uh, and this is a great example of the identity and the mentality that Paul had whenever he was writing to Timothy in hmm. Second Timothy it was kind of so it was like one of his last letters. He says, I know that I have run run the race well. Mm-hmm. I fought the good fight, right? Yeah. So running the race well, that's talking about, you know, I've run the race. Like I've completed it. It's almost done. And that doesn't mean like I'm the best evangelist of all time. Yeah. It's not what it's saying. He's mm-hmm. saying like I've done my job. I've run the race well. So while it's important and he's, he's recognizing like it's a race, it's a fight, you know? Yeah. So that gives a competitive aspect now because we are always at war with like, you know, the prince of the power of the air and yeah. the principalities and the, you know, the armies of this dark world. We're right. always at war with them. That's why Ephesians tells us to put on the full armor of God. Yeah. So competition is definitely advocated for in the Bible. I yeah. think it's just the identity you choose to go into it with. Right. And it's, it. Uh, I mean, even in uh, Hebrews 12, just the first couple of verses, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god so you know this is talking about you know god has also laid out a race for us because if you think of you know our job as Christians is to, you know, spread the good word, spread love so that we can bring as many people along as we can to heaven when the time comes. And God has also given people gifts and people can use those gifts and get self-centered. So like you have been given a gift of athleticism, of running, and, you know, we can use that as a pedestal for us be like, you know, look what I did. I did this, or I did that, or you can use it she was just like, no, this was, this is God. Yeah. God, like I, God brought me here to this school. He, you know, gave me the perseverance to train my body to be the best that it can be. And then we can use that as a, another pull for other people uh, to bring them into the faith, which is really awesome. And again, it's really about the mindset of how you go about it. Yeah. Giving him all the glory is the most important part. That, right. And also, not making your sport your god. Mm, whenever, yes. whenever unbelievers play sports, yes. a lot of time it's their it's their identity. But as a Christian, yeah. you can't be, you can't serve two masters. Yeah. Right? So you need to make sure. And one a fantastic example of this is um, what you should do at least is combine the two. Mm-hmm. You don't look at for me it would be track. You mm-hmm. don't look at track life and then look at Christian life as two separate things because it's just life. Yeah. Regardless. 
if I'm running the race at track, I'm still running the race of life, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to be very careful about how you go about um, looking at what you revere because it's really easy to separate the two. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Another, another example I think about. So my, my brother, uh, he is a certified personal stranger, personal stranger, personal trainer. Uh, I don't know him. Huh? You don't know him? <laughs> Personal trainer. Uh, he's like at like athletics and physical body health has been a big part of his life for a very long time. Uh, and he has held a scripture very close to his heart, literally, of uh, Colossians 3.23. Work hard at whatever you do, like you're working for the Lord and not for men. And, uh, so that is also, I've used that a lot when I'm thinking about when I'm working hard at something like, what is my goal? Is this to lift me up or is this to lift God up? Yeah. And, and great examples of this would be athletes who constantly share testimonies. Like, I don't Mm. know if you guys know who Tim Tebow is. He was a quarterback, um, back in the early 2010s and he had a touchdown celebration where he would get down on one knee give a quick prayer and point up into the sky. Mm. And he became so controversial and in, in mm-hmm. uh, post-game press conferences and whenever people would interview him, he would give all the glory to God. Nothing mm-hmm. was ever about himself. Yeah. The man won the highest award in college football as the Heisman and then uh, got the start for the Denver Broncos in 2010 and 2011. And um, he wasn't very good. But the point is <laughs> he gave the Lord all of his glory and he will yeah. be remembered for that. Yeah. You know? I like to also think uh, in another setting of working hard at something uh, in. So here at campus, we have, you know, different chapel services where student worship bands uh, lead us in worship. And sometimes after a worship song or something, sometimes people will clap or applaud. And uh, there is a specific worship leader that I've seen in the past that when that happens, she will audibly say, you know, give the glory to God because, you know, it's common just after hearing a musical thing, yeah. you know, to clap and you think, oh, we're clapping for the performers. And, but she had the mindset of like, no, don't, you know, this is not for me. You know, I'm yes, an, bring I'm the, an instrument. Yeah. Right? Like bring the praise to God. And so that was just another cool example of like when we achieve something great or of that's worthy of recognition, using that to bring praise and glory to God. Oh, yeah. And that speaks to spiritual gifts as well. If you can prophesy, then prophesy. If you have mm-hmm. the gift of serving, then serve. Yeah. So, 100%. all right. Next question. Does your, oh, this is a tough one. Does your choice of friends matter to your faith, Judson? 1,000%. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Not even a question. Like, uh, I, it's, like it's 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 really it's really not a question it's just you like surrounding yourself with like-minded like-hearted people of followers of Christ is so important especially like you're like you may have seen the diagram of like the circles of friendship like you got your inner circle like you're close like these people know you better than anybody else does yeah. and then you've got your other friends who's like oh yeah i know you you know me but it's just kind of like you don't know a whole lot of deep stuff, but like, especially that inner circle, so important that that is shared with, you know, like-minded Christ following individuals. Absolutely. And, um, there's something to be said about running with the wrong crowd, mm. right? Because they say there's a, there's a saying that is you become the, like the people you hang around with the most. So if you're running with the wrong crowd all the time, then they're going, they're going to have an effect on you one yeah. way or another. And that goes past people too. Right. It has to do with TV shows, literature, yep. music, whatever yeah. you subject yourself to. Yes. Has a huge thing, which is why like for me, everybody would call my parents strict, but I wasn't allowed to do a lot of stuff because my parents understood that concept. Mm. But yeah. And you know, I'm looking, I went to, I went to public high school and me you know, too. it's, it can be, it can be a minefield sometimes of uh hanging out with the wrong crowd and uh so i i didn't always have the highest number of friends in high school just because i chose to you know i wanted to make sure that i was following god the best way that i could uh where i even you know i tried starting a a bible club at my public school which i already had to jump through hoops to do that but now that i'm here at greenville i'm surrounded by a lot of 
you know, like-minded Christ following people where I have the opportunity to grow in that friendship and relationship and building where there's so many different people that think in a lot of really cool ways and it can also just really grow you up super well. Yeah. Sorry, I spaced out for there for a second. I was just thinking about high school. (laughs) The flashbacks. Yeah, big time. Um, And I think it, it speaks to really like, just beside your friends, also other relationships that you have. Oh yeah. And I was made fun of in high school for never wanting a girlfriend because I thought it was pointless. Mm. <laughs> and my girlfriend is really appreciative of that now that I'm in college <laughs> and I'm a man, but uh, you know, I just thought it was pointless and it led to things that yeah really weren't important because like biblically dating is for marriage, right? right. That was the one of the first conversations I had with her was I will not date to date. That's stupid. Yeah. If I date you, and I deem you worthy. If the Lord has given you to me and I deem you worthy and she deems me worthy too. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not super prideful, maybe, maybe a little bit and I'll work on that. But my point is uh, the Lord is ultimately going to choose who is for you. Right. And it's super important for you to recognize um, that relationships have a huge effect. Another one of the questions Mm -hmm. on here is what is the impact of life in a relationship with a believer versus a non-believer? And I think it's Mm. the same question, just in a different context. Oh yeah. And I can tell you that I've seen relationships where um, there is one spiritual individual, um, you know, saved and one non saved individual. And a lot of times the, the saved or the Christian will go in and they'll be like, Oh no, like I can I can help. I, I yeah, can like that, I can minister that to this fixer person. Mindset. But you don't recognize that it's it's a lot harder to pull someone up out of the water than it, it also that's not really our job. I mean it's our job to witness, but yeah, we can't change their minds. Right. It's our job to show them the water, but they we can't spoon feed the yeah. water to them. They've they've got to choose to drink. And so while trying to do that Well, we're while, the ones out of the water. Right, I'm yes. Saying. Yeah. But uh, I was using a different analogy. Okay, yeah. But I got uh, confused. That's on me. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you in scripture talks about you know, do not. It's not in the exact words, but do not be with someone in the hopes that being with that person will then turn them into Christian. Yeah, it's they're two separate things. Now there's a difference of uh, you know like marital relationship and, you know, friend relationship. Because I know people, uh, and I'm very close with some people that, you know, maybe are more agnostic or maybe not as serious about it. Of course. And those are the best friendships because especially if you have the opportunity to be a witness to somebody and take it. I mean, even, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, you know, the sick people, the healthy people don't need a doctor. The sick people do. And so he would hang around the people who needed him the most. And that's not even like, a, that's not to say like have a savior mindset, just like, I am so great and fantastic. Oh, you must need my help. So I'm going to hang out with you. But just they can be building relationships because even then with those people that think differently, then it opens up possibilities to healthy new challenging conversations that can build both of you up in different ways in the hopes that at the end, you know, at the end of the line that we're, we're going to walk hand in hand, uh, into heaven. Of course. And, and it's our job to witness, not our job to try to pull them up out of the life that they're living, mm-hmm. because that is going to be a very slippery slope for yourself and for them, because, you know, we always talk about how the, the number one leading reason for, uh, atheists is Christians, yeah. right? It's and people trying to be God. The Bible is very, 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 uh, specific on how we shouldn't boast. And it looks very arrogant for us to be like, no, 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 yes. you're doing everything wrong. Please let me, it's not our job to fix them. Yeah. We no. were fixed and it wasn't anyone else that did it. They may have witnessed to us, but it was Jesus. You right. Know? I, I said the analogy about the water earlier. And um, I'll go back to it once again. I feel like I say this, tell the story every week. But Peter, hmm. walking on the water, right? Yeah. It wasn't the disciples that pulled him up out of the water. It was Jesus. Right. So whereas we might be up out of the water ankle deep, right? And they may be sinking 10 feet below the waves. Mm-hmm. You don't go down there to get them, right? Mm. The only thing you can do is, is live by example. And I have mm. a couple of verses here. It's John 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Mm. And I think that is the, I think that is the Testament. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are given a great, you know, one, a a heavy task of, you know, the world isn't really going to like you that much. You're not going to get special treatment because you choose to follow me. I will love you, you know, unconditionally and, you know, you will see the reward in heaven, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough and there are going to be people that will persecute you. You know, there's scripture about, you know, brother fighting brother, son fighting father uh, on this. And, you know, it was, it's not always going to be peaceful and it's going to be hard sometimes. And, you know, as we witness to other people, you know, sometimes that witness can be in action. So like offering help when nobody else will, or, you know, if somebody is struggling with substance abuse, you know, talking with them, maybe pointing them into rehab and, you know, saying, you know, I know this is really hard, but, you know, I'll, I'll walk with you as you go through this. Like, I'm not just going to, you know, point you to this and say, all right, now go and check that out on your own and I'll never see you again. Like it's a, it's a journey, but God has given us, God has given us a purpose and a job to, you know, lead others to him. And in certain times when it is like, we can only do so much, we do our part and we let God handle the rest. Oh yeah. Like, uh, in the analogy I was using, like if we're walking around drinking this super refreshing water and, you know, some people ask, you know, hey, that looks really nice. Where'd you get that? And then you say, oh, it's right over here by this well. You don't then just grab up the bucket for them and then douse douse them with it. You say, all you got to do is you got to put the bucket down, then take a sip. And that's part of it of like them doing the job of like that living taking of that living water of through course, God. Of course. And there's a song that, uh, that talks about that both from one, uh, you know, one Christian to another, and it could even be to one Christian to a non-believer if they're friends. It's called brother by need to breathe. Mm. And the idea of the song is a brother, let me be your shelter and never leave you all alone. Mm. And you can do that whenever, because you're human, right? Yeah. I can look at my, at my non-believing brother and be like, I, no matter what you're going through in the middle of the storm, I'm going to be here with you. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think it's just important recognizing what does affect you and what doesn't affect you. Oh, yeah. Because in moderation, your, your um, relationship to them in their life could be absolutely huge. Oh, yeah. You know, Jesus, he um, went and helped people with their needs, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's how he got to speak into their lives. So for me and a couple, a couple of unbelieving friends that I have, I take every opportunity to help them to prove yeah. that I'm a good guy because then they listen more. And mm. if you're like, oh, you're just another one of those hypocritical, super boastful Christians, then it's super hard to um, really get that influence and that ability to speak into their lives. So just yeah. be that shelter for them whenever they need it. And if they ask or if the opportunity arises, that's whenever it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've, uh, I've got, I've actually got a super close, uh, friend of mine, uh, who has been going through a time of uncertainty of belief, but it's in this time where I, you know, feel honored that I am still able to have conversations of theology and of Christ with him in not the way of just like, oh, you need to do this or just like, oh, you're struggling. Let me make it harder for you. Uh, but, you know, having, you know, grace with my words and understanding in my voice. And it's been, it's been, you know, really good and healthy. And it's honestly helped my mindset of really how I should be acting towards others. And yeah. so not so so that the future atheists are not turned away by, you know, Christians the most because it is I mean, there's a lot of people that do have that God mindset of just like, you know what? I know everything that's right and wrong and you're doing this wrong. You're doing bad. Oh, you're yeah. just and it's Don't just, you just love those people. God I'm told me to. God told me to. Yeah, I'm supposed to. <laughs> But Judd, I would call you one of those brothers that I could that I could find shelter in if I was in thank if you. I was in need. I yeah. could I could see that. I mean, and thank you. And you know, God tells us the right way to love others is to be patient with people, to be kind with people, to not be bo- boastful, uh, to you know not hold a record of everything they've done wrong in their mm-hmm. face. I mean, that's laid out 
exactly in scripture for us of of the right way to love people yeah. and it is i mean it's sad that there's still so many people that you know read that verse and then just think that you know what no 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 I, i'm gonna do this my own way and it's just leads inevitably to disaster yeah so to answer that question <laughs> yes the answer is yes your friends and your relationships have a huge impact mm -hmm. on your life yes huge and even then it, it's also a flip of if you are walking in the confidence of the Lord, the relationships you have with people have a huge impact on them as well. Absolutely, they do. Which, uh, you know, my dad has talked about, uh, you know, preach the gospel all the time and when necessary, use words. Like, mm. let, let, let God's light shine Put that on through you. <laughs> let God's light shine through your actions. Let it shine through the way that you walk. Like when you're walking in the joy and confidence of the Lord, you're just different. Yeah. Like it's it's a completely different vibe. It's like we had talked about the, you know, temporary happiness as opposed to everlasting joy yeah. that you walk in. And that, you know, even I love one of my favorite scriptures, uh, Matthew. 5, 15, 14, uh, talking about the salt and the light. Uh, we heard it in a message just recently last week at Vespers of, uh, you know, nobody lights a candle and then puts a basket over it, but yeah. the candle's supposed to shine out as, you know, letting your good deeds shine out uh, for everyone to see, like a city on a hilltop. Another song, Shine by Newsboys. Mm. Go give it a listen to. Yeah. <laughs> well, Judd? It has been an absolute blast today. Oh, yeah. I will say to the people watching, especially our new listeners, if you have any comments or maybe some topic ideas that you would love to hear mm -hmm. two young, handsome college students talking about, then <laughs> um, you know, give us a shout out. I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. And a shameless plug, Theo underscore thoughts dot podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Um, and you can go listen to our other episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Yep, and we are posting weekly, so our uh, episodes on, will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on like Friday, Saturdays, and then that same episode will be live on WGRN 89.5 FM on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. And we are excited that in a few weeks, just a few episodes from now, we are going to be having a very cool guest on our podcast, uh, a theology professor on campus, uh, who I'll leave you guessing. And we're going to be talking mm. with him about the, uh, the balances of being a theology professor and a pastor and kind of what that looks like and diving just deeper into cool conversation with him. Absolutely. But yeah, so please be looking out for that. And we love all of you and we'll talk to you next week. God, God bless. Bye.